Last week when I was speaking, I talked about there's, there's a time to make commitments. There's a time where, uh, you know, maybe in the past we talked about like older, older school churches would have altar calls or whatever. But commitments are the harder and important thing because if not, we always find ourselves saying, I should do that. Or I could do that. Or, or tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a great time to do that. And, uh, and so today's going to be a little bit different. And so if you're new, if you're with us, you're thinking, what's, what's Brookside Church like? Uh, imagine a half-hour sermon with me saying brilliant, brilliant things, but not today. Uh, today, we're going to uh, have worship go all throughout with little breaks, little challenges, a couple different people sharing some things, allowing you to wander through with your heart. And so I hope you enjoy it. Um, I want to say this, though. Because these extended worship services, do I, do I stand the whole time? What if I want to sit? Uh, do I have to sing? How loud do I have to sing? I like to sing loud. That's why I sit in the front. The speaker hears me. And that's like literally the speakers hear me. But wherever you are today, be you. There's no, there's no sort of set of rules. There's no little uh, implicit social challenge from the group. It's we want you to have an opportunity to make time for your heart and your soul with God. And that's what this morning's about. Um, last little note. Kids, it's not time yet. But after this song, Mr. Rob's going to start to speak. And sometimes the speakers, because they're trying, they're, you know, he's playing his guitar, he might forget to dismiss you. So after this song, kids will be dismissed to Children's Church over there. And it's middle school Sunday. So middle school Sunday, your door is the one over, over here on your left. I actually had to sort of like this little turn there to make sure I like right and left, right? Have a great morning. I'll see you in a little bit. So I was driving to work this week, um, and I was thinking about, I was listening to the set list we were going to be playing today, and I was thinking about um, what would be something that I could sort of center my brain around as it pertains to what we'll be talking about today. And at first, um, I thought about the word healing, and this is the oddest thing, because I don't ever think in terms of what's the word, like to begin with, like the, the basis of this conversation with with me and God um, was a weird one because I don't ever try to come up with a word. And he said, no, it's going to be freedom. And I thought, yeah, that's it. Like I had this sure sense in my spirit that today was going to be about freedom. And then um, Steve Risky called me in the afternoon and said, I just want two minutes of your time to talk through what's going to happen on Sunday. And he said, in my prayer times today, I just feel like this is going to be about freedom this morning. I, thought, I said, Steve, this is super weird. Because um, Jesus told me that earlier today. Uh, so with that as a backdrop, and that might already make you feel kind of weird, um, I'm going to tell you about two points in my life where uh, God asked me to lay something down. Um, my son is 12, and it, I feel like life is a blur. And that feels like yesterday, and it also feels like an eternity ago. Um, but somewhere, somewhere around 10 to 12 years ago, I've always wanted to be a Christian who didn't feel like rules were what guided him. So in college, when people talked about sort of the structure of the way that, that Christians often operate, where you're in a Bible study and you have a discipler and you read your Bible in the morning and those things, I always kind of felt like, you know, that's not my style, God. That's not who I am. And in that process, I kind of felt like I was going to determine like what my daily life looked like. And that was my choice. 
And I kind of was doing this with it. And it was so interesting because 12 years ago, Jesus said, can you trust me with your mornings? Can, can your mornings be something that you get up, which is, I was not a morning person at the time. Seiferts are not morning people. My sister, uh, and we go to her house and her, her and her kids are up till 1 a.m. And I feel like that's probably what I'm like too, if left to my own devices. But Jesus said, can you trust me with your mornings? And one of the things that was happening in the background of that was that my wife was probably praying for me for probably since we met that I would be a, a man who um, would love God's word and would, would love reading God's word and would love praying and, and being up in the morning and spending time with him. And it wasn't because she asked me, it was because Jesus asked me. And I said, okay. And that was 12 years ago. And it changed my life for real. Uh, the other one that happened was at the end of 2018. Um, Seiferts are also addicts. Um, and I mean that in like the literal sense of the word and also the figurative sense. And um, like when we're into something, we're just way in. Like, I don't know. If you've ever been to my house, like I love, I probably have a hundred uh, drawings of my patio and what I was gonna be like before we did it. And if I get like, I got into spike ball and then I, I, I hosted a tournament for Northwest Ohio. Who does that? I don't know. Like if I'm into something, I'm all in. Um, and when I was uh, probably, I don't know, 13 or 14, my mom came to me and told me, hey, just so you know, your, your family, they really struggle with alcohol. Your dad, my dad passed away when I was one and a half. She said, your dad always kind of had to work hard to keep that at bay. And um, that kind of always stuck in the back of my head. And so alcohol in my life, um, was something that I feel like I just worked really hard to manage. So what that meant for me, because mind you, again, freedom, freedom ciphered here, like my mornings, I'll do what I want with. Same with alcohol, I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna be the Christian. And this is not a place where we, we title these things bad that the Bible doesn't title bad. So that's not what I'm about to tell you, but um, I just was working really hard in my life to manage it in a sense where I was like, What's that line I can walk up to and just be totally okay? And, and I felt like, in a way, I was, I was talking to God about that all the time. And so in one sense, it was like, yeah, you're really trusting Jesus with this because it would be a conversation I would have with him. Like, God, are me and you okay with this whole alcohol thing? And um, I just worked really hard. It was like the thing that was like right here, always in front of my face. And I would hear my mom's voice in the background saying, Cypherts are alcoholics. And at the end of 2019, I feel like I, I just, it's a point in my life where I thought, Jesus, you want to take this from me in like the best way. Can you trust me? And I said, yes to that. Cyphers also cry when things are important, not when things are sad. <laughs> so there's no part of me that's sad right now. Um, just, it's important. So I said yes to that a year ago. And the cool thing has been that we've had new conversations, me and Jesus, things about words, things about friends. Uh, and it feels like this conversation that was right here was blocking me from the others. And the conversations are about other people, which is awesome. Because I'd rather be asking Jesus what he has for 
my friend who's dealing with infertility and have him speak to me about that. Or about um, my friend who is diagnosed with cancer. What does he say about that? So, anyway, two times in my life where I felt like God said, can you trust me with this? And he's been really faithful, so that was my thing. So as we continue forward, I want to invite you to ask yourself the question, where are you stuck? Where, where have you been saying to God, this is fine? There's nowhere in the Bible that says it's a sin, or <laughs> maybe it is a sin. And where's the place where you've been saying to God, I need my life to stay like this? And God's saying, if you trust me, you can't believe what's before you. As we go forward, if that's in your heart, that'll help you understand how to keep going with the day. So as Robin and the man keep going, ask yourself the question, where are you going to trust him? Joy sharing her microphone with me today. She's a lot taller than me, so <laughs> hopefully you can still hear me. My name is Sevilla Bannister, and that cute bass player over there. He's the other Rob. Um, and I got a call, well, not a call, I got a text midweek from Amy Seifert, and she said, would you be willing to say a few words? Something maybe in your life that has been, you know, that you've been doing over a while, because I'm old. <laughs> and this was her question. What spiritual practice have you put in place over the years that has changed you and brought freedom? How? And what other spiritual practices would you recommend for our church to try for more freedom and closeness to God in their lives? And I looked at the text and I said, is anybody talking about simplicity? And she said, no, you've got it. So I'm like, okay. So I've got a few minutes and I told her to just give me the cutoff because I really didn't time this. So if it's more than five minutes, just cut me off and we'll go back to worship. And if any of you have read The Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster, uh, we have read it over the years multiple times, and then we give the book away, and then we buy the book again and read it again. Um, but it's very good, so it goes into a lot more detail about the idea of simplicity and how that brings freedom in your life. So I'm just going to give you a laundry list of some things that we have experienced over the years. Um, not saying that these are things you should specifically do, but these are conversations you can have with God about, you know, what should I be letting go of? Because when you let go of things, there's more room for the better things. So years ago, when we had all six children at home, one of the things we did to simplify is we limited everybody to one or possibly two activities. So if you're going to be on the gymnastics team, that's probably it for you. You can still practice your violin at home, but you're not going to be in the orchestra. So again, with eight people in the household, just kind of setting some boundaries for everyone just gave us a little more peace and a little more time together as a family because it was still pretty chaotic. I told you he was probably gonna be behind me either doing this or this, whatever I say. So you can, you can check out back there to see what's really happening. Another thing we did to simplify has been with food. I am the queen of cooking one-pot meals. You can ask our community group. They show up. There's a pot of soup and a box of crackers. It's fine. It's nutritious. They like it pretty well. I give them a heads up before they show up in case it's something that they don't want to eat. They can bring something else. But it's good. And so Rob and I, you know, I'll make a big pot of something, and we'll eat on it for three or four days. 
So it simplifies the meal planning, it simplifies the time, frees up other spaces. Um, a couple years ago, I had this idea, because my car was getting really old, because we also did this thing where we don't have car payments. So we, we buy whatever we can pay with cash, and we usually have a lot of cash, and then we make the car last forever, right? Well, my car was to the point where it was not going to last unless we put more money into it that was worth. So I'm like, maybe we could just do one car. See how excited he was about it. But we've been doing the one car thing most of the time, and the fact that we live on Main Street and Bowling Green, and I work on campus here, and Ra also works in town, we can make it work. We have to do some communication and some juggling sometimes, but I think it's been a, it's a good thing. We have also been cleaning out the closets and the attic and the basement and just getting rid of stuff and clutter. It's less to dust, it's less to clean, it's less to maintain, and very soon, we're even gonna sell this house and move into a condo or a tiny house. Tiny house nation, right? <laughs> Less is more. So, um, besides stuff, I, I teach digital technologies and so I felt the need to like, I had a MySpace account, if anybody ever remembers that. You know, Facebook, Google, Snapchat, Twitter, all the things, but just because I have all these things doesn't mean I have to check on them, post on them, like things all the time. And so I've learned to just turn some of it off. I've littered the internet. I should go clean it up sometime because I also have multiple websites I'm sure I don't maintain anymore. But we don't have to do all those things. We can choose and to let go of some of those uh, tech connections is okay. I also wear less makeup because years ago when I had this thing and I had a biopsy behind my eye, and this I call my crazy eye, it looks weird, and I noticed that if I had contacts in, I'm like, oh, don't put eye makeup over that, it just accentuates how crazy your eye is. So, I don't wear much makeup anymore. I also cut my hair so I wouldn't have to color it anymore because I kept having this skunk stripe, this gray stuff, and you have to color it. Costs more money and time. So I'm like, when I turned 60, which was four years ago, Let's just cut off all the hair and let it go gray. So there it is. I actually went to Florida with my parents a few weeks back. I had to drive them down to their condo because they stay there for the, the winter. And I forgot to pack a comb or a brush. So all I did was this for two weeks and nobody ever really noticed. <laughs> so there's a lot of ways that you can just cut out time and space and make your life more simple. And what does that do? It frees up resources, it frees up time and space in your mind and outside to notice what God's telling you to do. Uh, in the Psalm 46.10, it says, be still and know that I'm God. Well, that be still can also be sort of translated as let go. Let go and know that I'm, in, I'm God. That means let go of control let go of all the stuff that's sort of making the noise and cluttering up your days so that you have more time to be with him. So when Amy said, what are the other spiritual practices you would encourage people to do? I go back to that Celebration of Discipline book. There's a lot of outward and inward things that we can be doing as a matter of practice. It doesn't mean we're perfect at it, but we do it as a rhythm of life to be closer to God and to know his voice. And I find that the more simplistic you can make your world, the more you can really see what's important to him. So I'll close with this from Luke 10. When Jesus went to visit Lazarus and Mary and Martha, and he had the disciples, who knows how big of a group, maybe, maybe Martha's trying to cook dinner for 40 people, I don't know. But she's busy, and where's Mary? 
She's sitting there with Jesus listening to what he had to say. And Martha's like, tell her to help me. Can't you see all this stuff that's going on? And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what's better, and it won't be taken away from her. So I just encourage all of you to have those talks with the Lord and choose what's better, because we do have a lot of choices. You can have a seat if you want. Um, so as we sort of uh, turn and head for uh, the end of this, you've heard uh, you know, some testimony and some, this is what it's been like in my life. And I wonder what you want from God. You know, when we sing songs like this, uh, one of the things that impresses me is how deep and powerful and, and, uh, and abiding is His grace and forgiveness. That all of these brokenness and all these failures, that there's, there's a king who bore it all on the cross, and, and, and there's not a single bit of earning that could ever happen toward God. Uh, love and grace are utterly opposed to earning. Any more than a, a parent who would make their child earn their their love and acceptance. Uh, how, much, how much more so would God never do that? And yet, as parents, how much do we want our children to grow up into who they can and could and should and would be? And in the same way, God knows you. He knows you infinitely, and He knows you how He, how he designed you to be, and He knows what the wreckage of the fall has done to you and I. And, and, and He knows the person that is you in the, in the distant reaches of eternity. And he wants to meet you and he wants to say, are you willing? Can you trust? How many things do we hold and say to God, you don't understand this tawdry little treasure I have that doesn't really satisfy, I need it. Because the deal is today, I want to challenge you to commitment. Perhaps God has put a what on your heart, a thing that you know, whether it's, whether it's, it's out and out sin or, or even just styles of life or things that he's been calling saying, hey, can you trust me? And as Sevilla shared the kind of life changes she made, there's, there's a reality. As my friend Michael Brown loves to say, you will never wake up tomorrow having become a person you weren't becoming today. We, don't, we, actually, we actually change things in our life. And, and I promise, if you continue to live life the same, you will, you know, sort of by definition, have the same outcomes. The what, the how... But the when comes into play. When are you going to do it? Because if you're anything like me, my answer to God is so often, well, tomorrow. You know, and then that song from Annie starts to sing in your head, right? Because it's always a day away. And, and tomorrow, God, it, I'll get it. I, I, just, I just need one more day of this. Just, just a little grand finale of whatever I'm holding on to. Kind of like, you know, uh, like Mardi Gras. It's coming up, right? It's coming soon. Like Fat Tuesday. I'm going to like gorge myself before a fast or whatever. But that's not how souls work. Because it always remains tomorrow. And so the when comes into play. When are you going to deal with your addiction? When are you going to deal with your sin? When are you going to deal with your bitterness? When are you going to deal with your hard-heartedness? When are you going to do? Well, we got two songs left, and I want to ask you, I want to ask you to really, sincerely, I don't know the word, uh, before God, consider, what about now? What about now? And, and if you do, your flesh will cry out like the rocks in that last song. No, I need it. That thing right there. 
That voice in your heart that says, no, I need it. That is the point of wrestling because that doorway that has scared you away and scared you into slavery to whatever you've been serving is the way out. And yes, it might feel uh, fearful. It might feel terrifying. But there is freedom if you're courageous to walk through it. So as we finish up, I want to ask, would you consider that the when not be tomorrow anymore, but rather now? Jesus, I kind of just want to stay here today and cancel the day and just be here. It's so good to worship you, to hear from your people, testify about the goodness and the freedom that you have for us. You are worthy of all of our worship, God, every nook and cranny of our life that we would worship you with it. Lord, would we be a people who lay something down or pick something up because we hear you and you're bringing us freedom and you're so good. we worship you we love you amen you guys can take a seat what a sweet time this morning babe thanks for sharing Sevilla thanks for sharing Steve just guiding us through this is sweet just kind of want to not go anywhere but alas we have life to do and the Super Bowl and like all things right um, so a few announcements for us it's um, we have okay so in two weeks the one another retreat is coming who's excited about that yeah yes um, Okay, but here's the thing, because we need numbers for food count and all the things. Today is the last day to sign up at church in the back by the children's check-in station today. So if you have not got it, if you're one of those like, I'll sign up when it's, you know, the last minute. Today's the last minute. Like, this is it. Now's your time. So there are 75 of us going already, and I'm so pumped about the humans that are going to be with me for those two days. But um, you can sign up today. And then Wednesday will be the last day to register online. So it's $50. Um, It's February 14th and 15th. It's Valentine's Day. Come hang out with us. We would love, really love to have you. It's going to be a great time. Um, Downtown Toledo in Hensville at the Roost, Taco Bar, all the things. Like, we're just going to have a good time um, being together. So please, please come. You can get more details in the back. Uh, um, Also, if money is an issue that is preventing you or you feel like you could give some, but you're not sure if you could pay for all of it, because that's real. Um, please talk to the ladies who are also doing the retreat. Tell them what you could give, and we want to work with you. We don't want money to be what keeps you back, okay? Deal. Um, Second thing, next Sunday, February 9th, is Pizza Sunday, so stick around. All we do is grab our kids after church next week, and we go upstairs, and we use all the lobbies everywhere, and we just have an old-fashioned, it's not really potluck, it's pizza that we provide, but whatever. It feels like we're just hanging out and having a potluck and and being together. So that's next Sunday, just stay after pizza for everybody. Um, And then finally, grab your kiddos, and at 11.30, we're going to be meeting back here for a congregational meeting. 
we're going to vote on some new elders, a couple of things on the docket. So grab kids, come on back, and we'll have our meeting at 1130. We'll see you soon.